Welcome to Creatively Exposed, a conversation for creatives, introverts, sapiosexuals, and all of the people entertained and who love us. I am Liz Flo, the podcast host, poet, writer, and overall Afro-Caribbean Latina creative. I know that is a mouthful, but welcome to the show. Welcome to Creatively Exposed. This is Liz Flo. Um, welcome back. It is Sunday morning and um, just recapping, I recently went to a couple of places throughout the year. Um, I visited New York City a couple of times from the Erica Badu and her as an H-E-R opening to just chilling in NYC. And the last time I went was for the poetry festival that's in Governor's Island. And it was pretty dope to get on the ferry and traverse shortly to Governor's Island, feel out the vibe. Um, it was like a it was like a poetry picnic festival because everybody was sitting on the grass in wide open spaces. I've never been. I didn't even know it existed, but the power of social media. And I linked up with one of my traveling homies who is also a writer and creative as well. And it was just interesting to see the different dynamics um, through the cultures, through the different vendors, and what poetry in a festival feels like. I think that in South Florida, it feels different. Um, The content is different. The energy is different. So... To see this free event was really, really cool. We did see some poetry, um, some open mic by the different presses and sponsors. And, you know, some of it is not for me. And some of it touches the soul. So it's a little everything for everybody. I was called to one of the vendors, La La Ofrenda, no, no, La Ofrenda is where I'm editing, actually, at La Ofrenda Press, Um, La Pluma y la Tinta. That was the one I saw, Um, and it spoke to me because, of course, Afro-Latina, I was immediately like, all right, let's see what this is about. And the girls hosting the station, you know, they look like me. So why not? And I checked out what they have. And they're basically a press that creates um, content, books, events for Afro-Latino, Latino, marginalized, you know, 
Latino people, which I really appreciated. I grabbed a poetry book myself um, called Peinate, and it's the qualms of going natural in the Afro-Latino community between your mom and yourself. And there were so many, so many punchlines there. So many, like, on our way back on the ferry, I had to tell my friend, Nana, you gotta, you gotta read this. You gotta check this line out. She's like, now I want to read the whole thing, you know? So it was interesting to say the least. There were a lot of different characters, but it's, it's New York. So characters, welcome. Tried out different vegan spots. I'm always in the search for vegan food. I do vegan things. So I'm not completely cut and dry on anything, um, but I really will enjoy me a vegan spot. And uh, of course, um, we went to Bushwick, which tends to be where all of our favorite things are. I guess gentrification and vegan spots go together. So, hey, the walls, had a lot of dope different things. They had um, the black and white Puerto Rican flag drawn on. Um, I have some really interesting pictures, whole photo shoots. You know, we all we all do the photo shoot thing when something interesting is in our background. Went to Amituofu, which is one of our favorite vegan spots. It's Basically, it's Chinese food, but vegan. So, yeah, man. That is... Oh, that's New York. So, Washington. Huh. Everyone runs in Washington at all times. Um, I was out at around 11.30, and people were out here sprinting. So, I respect Washington for their commitment to fitness, that is just, that's different. However, Washington feels like a lot of different things. Uh, Washington, D.C. I went to Bus Boys, Bus Boys and Poets. And I've always, you know, I've I've always heard of it. I've known about the history. And I just wanted to go and feel the vibe until I saw what the theme of the day was. It was 1 p.m., mind you. And it was a burlesque LGBTQIA open mic. So naturally, me being me, I told a good friend of mine who lives in Virginia, hey, I just want to check this out. You know, I am the poetry friend, so I want to do poetry things. And she drove me all the way out there from where I was, which was like really central D.C. And when I tell you I geeked out in this place, I went to the bus boys in Martin Luther King Drive, 
And if you don't know, Martin Luther King Drive is officially the black area. Wherever you go, Martin Luther King Drive is where the hood is at. Period. And it just felt like home as soon as I walked in. They have um, the vending area and where you, you know, confirm your tickets and all that. And it was just books, books, and books, and books of black and brown people. And I was just so excited. I literally looked through every single shelf like four times. It was that dope. And the majority of the books that were there, I've probably read. And I was so, so excited. Um, ended up buying journals because that's what I like to hoard. Even though I'm doing better, I'm filling each of them up, um, working on, you know, still working on releasing stories and content and different things. But I have, I bought some decomposition notebooks that fit in a pocket or small purse, which for me is perfect instead of an actual composition notebook. And it was upcycled, recycled, redone, however, eco-friendly journal. Also they have, also when you walk in is like a, a bar area and an eating area until you go further down, of course, there's amazing artwork all over the walls. Um, and it's just an intimate vibe. So once you go down like this ramp, on the left-hand side is like further eating, like dining tables and booths and different things. And on the right-hand side, which we entered, was the open mic poetry event. We were early and that's cool. We were able to choose where we wanted to sit. It was, you know, lit like it was seven in the, in the evening and the food was good. They had vegan options, which joy, so much joy. They had $5 mimosas or Bloody Marys or Bloody Marias. That's an interesting one. Bloody Marias have tequila in it. If you're into that, I recommend it. And from jump, like the music was popping. The open mic sheet started setting up and people were cracking up and it was just a, a good, good vibe. And then the book came to me and I was like, you know what? Boom. Let me do this. I haven't been on stage since January. I performed in, um, where can I remember? When I remember it, I'll randomly like scream it out. But it was a all, um, artist platform where I had my my little number on stage. Raw Miami. There we go. Why couldn't I remember that? 
around Miami. So from January to now, I have not been on stage. And I had recently gotten a poem rehashed and accepted on a blog, satinsoulbits.com. It is an erotic blog. It's tasteful. It's not overly explicit. At least the ones that I read that were accepted with me. But, you know, it's erotic poetry afternoon. And the vibe is good. It's friendly. It's intimate. It's, you know, uh, ambivert heaven. I'm mainly introvert until I get on stage. And I just decided that's what I'm going to do. Why not be in D.C.? Go to Busboys and Poets and get on stage. A whole entire vibe. If I find a way to post like a piece of the clip, I will definitely do that. The food is is so good in DC. Different. Um, I've I've had from all the way to very bougie to you know just regular. I went to a Mexican spot and had some appetizers, some tizers, and their margarita. They had a tamarind margarita. Yeah, that tamarind margarita was popping. And from there, I was, I don't know if it was a margarita or if it was the food or the combination of both and sitting in an outside cafe and doing the stereotypical writer thing with my new journals. But I was inspired to continue a scene from one of my works in progress, which is a YA based in Puerto Rico. So this long introduction conversation really is where does um, inspiration come to you? I know a lot of creatives and just people in general, we're so used to working through and working through and working through and working through stuff to the point that our whole soul is exhausted. And I've realized that when I am idling or just like in a feel good spot where I'm not thinking about all of my shoulds or what needs to be done or however, and I'm just taking space for myself is where inspiration comes. So I would like to have that conversation with you all. You can hit me up at Liz Flow on Twitter, and that is L-Y-S as in Sam Z-F-L-O. I've really, really thought about how inspiration comes and making the space to have space to create. Sometimes I tend to think about, I really should be writing right now. I really should be doing this. But what I'm really doing is 
being on my couch or laying or eating and not writing while I'm eating. And sometimes doing absolutely nothing, AKA resting, gives our body and mind the creative like space to do and reform ideas. Because if you don't have time to think, then how are you going to create something? So I went to DC and experienced the African-American History Museum. And wow, what a intricate, intellectually put, sincere collection of history. We had walked past it to go see the monuments and my mom was like, hey, I know that's the museum you want to go to. I hope black people created it because it's all brown outside and it's so nice and take a picture. And I'm just like, mom, it's so hard. But you know, what else? You got to take pictures. And to go inside, I got lucky. Uh, It was during the week and there were openings to go. So I was able to secure my ticket. And it's it's really VIP, VIP. You just walk right in, show them, let them scan your thingy, your QR code or whatever. And boom, you're in. I first went upstairs to all the interactive levels. Um, there's stepping, so you can learn how to step with the with the virtual people. And there are different virtual artifact, artifacts, artifacts, um, where you see outfits and cars and different. Um, clothing of certain times and tools that were used of that time. There's a section to find your family lines. Um, You can record or register yourself. And at a certain time, um, something, they do something. But um, you can do it by last name. And that's really cool. You can sign up and find family There's a hip hop section, which fave. It was really, really fun to see, to read, to look at and experience just the the transition, the people, the beginnings of where it all began. And then I went all the way down to the meat of the museum. And I, I find it fascinating that they did it down to up, which is really dope, I think. Um, because that's kind of, that's definitely how the history of Blackness started in America. And I did get lost a little finding my way down to said elevator, but it's cool. Um, 
it got a little dark heading down, and I was like, mm, I don't care if we're at the African American Museum. I'm come right back up and figure this out. There's like a map and everything. I am working on it, but I still don't like asking people for directions. So I eventually did find my way. It didn't take that long. And what it is, is we all collectively gather into this elevator and it takes us further down into, I believe the year is 1619. The pictures are on my phone. Um, and 1619, they have 1619. They have the beginnings of slave trade. You know, Africa already was trading and they had their own thing going, but it wasn't as lucrative as when said Americans came over to delve in this trade. And then once it became so lucrative, then, you know, people were like, well, this is where the money's at. This is what I'm going to keep doing. And as soon as we got off, it was a collective silence that meant so much to me because I am looking around and, you know, it's probably all kinds of diasporas in the room and it just, it was so powerful and I was grateful for that silence. Ah, see, yeah, I was tripping. The year is 1400. That made more sense. And um, there were stories and people, historical figures and background stories of things I have never heard of. And I just felt so much. I think all of us felt so much collectively and it just it gave me goosebumps you know some people covered their mouths and it's it's a collective mourning of sorts of the painful beginning that we know right and um then we move up into Three other levels, which is the beginning of fighting for freedom and the different people that sometimes we're not even told in school or in history books. It's kind of like a fast forward through this. You know, we only kind of have 28 days to talk about everything that's happened since the 1400s. And once I went up to the next level, because some things I just couldn't sit and take in, 
and continuously take in at the 1400 year level. The first thing I see is this, this man. Um, the statues are dark bronze, which I, you know, added touch. That's even doper. Um, dark bronze, black, and silver. Yes. Yes. Um, this is off memory, so correct me if I'm wrong. So I see this man in the old colonial garb and I'm like, huh? And I'm like, let me see, you know, and I see over somebody's shoulder, Louverture. And I'm like, wait a minute, to Saint Louverture? And I'm like, oh snap, I have seen like drawings of him, but he is fine in this, um, clone, solid clone life. It's like, look at this good looking forefather revolutionary man right here. And for those of you who don't know, Toussaint Louverture is one of the main components of the fight and revolution for freedom of Haiti. Um, it was a liberation from slave masters into becoming the first black republic in 1804. And so to see Haitian history added into African-American history is exciting for me. And it just started off like really, really well for me. And from there, I learned of people I've never heard of. When freedom is spoken of, freedom fighters in African-American history, women, the faces of women in the movement before it was a whole entire thing. And it was fascinating to see these fierce faces holding guns and it's just, yes. And then in the next floor, you're able to see the civil rights movement. Oh, and in between each floor is a transitionary video that gives you kind of like a backstory before you go into the next level. Mm, a video, it's like a, it's on a, on a prompter. Ooh, do we still use prompters? Whatever it's called nowadays. Um, but it's like a little seating area and you can look up and you see the video. There was um, women in the movement. And so that next level is a civil rights movement, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the civil rights movement. And um, there you have 
all kinds of things. The most interesting thing for me was the, you're able to see like the old slave homes in one of the levels. And then the next mock up is a train, a segregated train where you walk in through the front, which is the white area and see that they have lounges and extra fountains and more than one bathroom. And then you walk through the black or colored area where there's like one bathroom and a fountain and it says colored on it. And of course, throughout this, um, you feel so many things. Rage is one of them. Sorrow, mourning. And it's also a reminder of where we are today. Then the next level is like the littest level. Oh wait, before that, let me backtrack. So not only is the train there, there is an Emmett Till commemoration. Um, I didn't last too long in there because pain. We, we have been saturated in pain and suffering and I'm just um, okay with the awareness of it all. And so here comes the like civil rights movement where and the black is beautiful movement and you learn about different people. Um, I don't want to get her name wrong, but last name Copeland, she ran for president, the first black woman to run for president. And I never knew that. I had no idea, you know. My parents are Caribbean, and so maybe it's something that's passed down through other families, but that was one thing that, like, it it would have been cool if they told us in school about it, at least where I went. And you see the talks, and there's, like, this area to put in your concerns about what's going on today. And then in the next level is the lit level. And when I say lit, the lit level, it's how everyone was able to create and expand this Black culture through cooking, iron work, entertainment, you know, singing, acting, writing, clothing, hairstyles. Oh, there, there were outfits of different entertainers in the, in another part of that level. There are, um, Screens at the top where you hear poetry and conversations and music and 
the quotes everywhere just spoke to me so loudly. There was Celia Cruz in a corner, which for me was really exciting because she was the only person who looked like me in my Afro-Latina world. And there's a uh, a record store. It's like a mock-up record store. And there you can select songs and you can go through vinyls based on the genre. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's the feel-good level, right? After all of that pain. And, that you know, it doesn't discontinue, but it's the transition of where we have come. And all I kept thinking to myself is... Black people been lit since the beginning of time. Period. Um, one of the quotes that I did see, I took pictures of a couple of quotes, was artists are the gatekeepers of truth. We are civil civilization's radical voice, Paul Robinson. Music has the power to stop time. The song acts like a chemical process that isolates certain feelings. Maybe one song helps illuminate the jubilation and one helps illuminate the sorrow. Music has the power to stop time, but it also keeps time. Questlove in 2013. And a final quote. The beauty of life is to be outside the box so that the box doesn't exist. To limit a human being to one mode of expression is really a crime. Herbie Hancock, CA 2007. So if anyone can make their way to the museum, do that. And that's anyone. Um, all across the board, it's just, it's life-changing and it's reaffirming and a reminder to all that encompasses Black culture from everywhere that you could be and are from. Libra season and yesterday which would be Saturday the 28th of September the Libra new moon just happened and I just want to come on this road with me right this mental road Libra season to me feels like upgrade season. I want, I feel like getting prettier, changing the look, adding more pieces. It's also, you know, fall just started last week, this week, last week. And it's also a time for balance, karma, 
And it could be the good kind or the bad kind. You know, it depends on what you have brought to yourself. But, dear creatives, let us use balance within our imagination. And I say that to say, not only should we create art, of any kind, but our but our lives, our legacies, we should also give time to dream, envision, manifest, work towards what we want to manifest. In between having fun and work, finding that happy medium. I had the pleasure yesterday to go to the debut book signing of Maika Mulit and um, her sister. I apologize for not remembering her name. Dear Haiti, Love Alain is the name of the book. And in that time, I also... It was so exciting because I do write and I have my goals and aspirations. And to see someone that has a background like me and is local have this awesome accomplishment, it makes it feel more tangible. And so I took a moment to memorize the feeling of this joy, this feeling of love and abundance that was in the room. There were so many people excited, so many so many people there supporting the line wrapped around Books and Books, which is an indie bookstore that we have in South Florida. They have a couple of locations. So take a moment to envision what you truly want and record the feeling of it being real. Happy Monday, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. So Anchor and I have been kicking it for as long as Creatively Exposed has been alive, which September. And I am amazed at how easy it is to record an episode, edit an episode when on the go, either on my phone or in my laptop, and I'm getting paid for it. I get this sponsorship, and I don't need to have, you know, a huge listenership, which is pretty dope for the beginning. And it's free, y'all. So if you've been waiting to be heard on all of the sound waves, Apple, Google, etc., then this is your time. 
Get started on the Anchor app or online at anchor.fm and start that podcast today. So I didn't find the clip, but I will give you a little a little piece. Um, this is an erotic poem, so do with it what you will. Feel it. If you don't feel it, it is totally okay. Um, but here we go. It is called Sexual Narcissist, and it is posted on WideEyesPublishing.com. And it goes a little something like this. He talks to me about sexing me like I didn't start the conversation. Like I wasn't the lighter that gave him permission. Like I am not floodgates and damn like he hasn't been chosen. I listened to him carry on telling me he will make me feel good that he will last all night as if I weren't the blessing, as if he has not been the fiend, as if I am not prize and the race, as if I am not the conqueror. I do not engage further with his contextual overflow, embellished with desire, He wishes to hear me moan, as if I don't prefer to hear them made myself, as if I am not my own sexual playground. I am a sexual narcissist, serving in order to receive, giving in order to take, looking to be pleased just so I can feel satiated, to feed my erotic ego. He thinks I envelop my lips around his brain for his own delectable desires when it is out of my own selfishness. Thank you for listening, everyone. Adios, nos vemos. See you later. Napalepita. This was another episode of Creatively Exposed, and you can find me on all of the interwebs as Liz Flow, L-Y-S-Z-F-L-O, and on Instagram, Creatively Exposed without the E. Sign up, show up, hit me up. Um, There's also voice memos that you can send, rate, review, subscribe. Let's keep the conversation going. Thank you.